0: We are, as Pastor Mark mentioned, continuing in this series called God of Wonders. And uh, throughout this, this Lenten season, what we're simply doing is looking at different things about our God that leave us absolutely amazed and stunned. And so on Ash Wednesday, we learned about the wonder of God's love. All right, we learned that not only does God come right out and just flat out tell us that he loves us, he puts it in print, but he also showed us that he loved us by the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, on the cross. And then last Sunday, Pastor Mark was here, and he talked about the wonder of God's presence, how God became present here on this earth 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus Christ, and how he continues to be present with us through his word and and the sacrament of Lord's Supper and baptism and, and how we reflect that presence of God to those around us. Today, though, as Pastor Mark talked about, we're going to look at the wonder of God's transforming power. And by that, I mean the transforming work, right? The the supernatural change that God desires to work within each and every one of you as his child, as a follower of Jesus. A change that only he can produce within you. And just to help you understand this, let me share with you this story. This is just a pretend story. Imagine there's a guy named Harry. Harry. And Harry says he's a Christian, but he's really just kind of a Christian in name only. Harry has a friend named Jim. Harry knows Jim is a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Jim loves his wife. He doesn't curse or swear, doesn't tell any dirty jokes. He's always kind. He's always helpful. He's always honest. Jim talks about beyond that, how he loves going to church on the weekends, how he loves being in the his small group Bible study. He talks about answers to prayers that he receives and how he loves serving God by, by serving other people. So secretly, Harry admires Jim. But honestly, Jim just can't picture himself being, I'm sorry, Harry just can't picture himself being as gung-ho of a Christian as Jim. In, In Harry's mind, he thinks that he'll never be able to pray like Jim prays, that he'll never be able to enjoy worship to the extent that Jim enjoys worship that he'll never be able to read and study and learn the Bible the way Jim knows it and has learned it because he's looked at the Bible. It's confusing. Still, Harry wants what Jim has. He sees it, he likes what he sees, and he wants that. But Harry has come to the conclusion that he simply cannot change that much. Yes, he can fake it. He can go around and like on a Sunday morning, he can look the part for an hour or two, but he knows that sooner or later, people will see him for what he really is, unholy Harry. So Harry has decided that because he can't change that much, he just, he's, he simply doesn't have what it takes to be like Jim, to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. Now, Harry is wrestling with the difference that exists between what other religions of this world express and what Christianity teaches. For example, other religions of the world will stress, what do I have to do to earn God's favor? That's what other religions, every single other religion on the planet will say that. What do I have to do to follow through and turn over a new leaf or to be fully committed? What do I have to do? Christianity is the only religion on the planet that teaches just the opposite. It's not about what you have to do, but rather Christianity stresses what has God already done for you in Jesus. Christianity teaches you are a sinful human being and cannot change, you cannot save yourself and you cannot change who you are. So all you do is admit that you are a sinner and then you trust, you trust that God will. That that Jesus will um, do for you what you can't do for yourself, right? You can trust Jesus for his forgiveness. You can trust that he will be your guide and your friend in this life. And you can trust that he has the power to energize and transform your life for you. So when it comes down to all these other religions in the world, I, I think you know they use words like commitment and follow through. Christians use that as well. But in the context of other religions, it's all about you. It's all about what you can do. And, and, and God knows that you can't always keep all of your commitments. God knows that you won't always be able to follow through. So Christianity instead uses words like receiving and trusting. Because forgiveness and eternal life and a relationship with God that you can have right here, right now, are gifts you receive in faith. Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the, what's the next word? Gift of God. Right. It's a gift you receive. Along with that, the Holy Spirit empowers you to trust Specifically to trust him to do the transforming work of your life for you because you can't. He has to do it for you because you can't do it on your own. You simply don't have what to take. The Bible says that you are polluted with the filth of sin, and it identifies all human beings as being spiritually blind, spiritually dead, and a spiritual enemy of God. It's not pretty. So yes, you need the work of the Holy Spirit to, you need the Holy Spirit to work the wonder of his transforming power in you. As it says in 1 Corinthians 12, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So when it comes to true biblical Christianity, understand words like receive and trust, those truly describe what it means to become a believer or to live as a follower of Jesus. Still, still, it's tempting. It is. It's tempting to, and it's so easy to think that somehow you need to do something to become what God wants you to be. So to help you with this, let me just give you one more illustration. Imagine a caterpillar, right? You all know what caterpillars look like. They're brown or green and these little things like that. And and imagine this caterpillar can talk. And imagine you overhear the caterpillar talking and he's saying, I am fully committed to being and becoming a brightly colored, high-flying butterfly. I'm fully committed to it, but I keep failing. I try real hard to change colors from this ugly green and brown into something brightly colored, and it doesn't work. I've jumped from branch to branch, if caterpillars can do that, so that I can get the hang of flying, and I keep failing. I am fully committed to becoming a butterfly, but nothing works. So I guess I'm just going to have to settle for being a branch crawling caterpillar the rest of my life. Now, For those of you who know anything about caterpillars and butterflies, hopefully you also know about this miracle of God called metamorphosis. How many of you have heard of metamorphosis? Guys, Okay, so you know what that is. It's the miracle of God where a caterpillar, no matter how much that caterpillar might be committed to becoming a butterfly, by the miracle of God is transformed, is changed into a brightly colored, high-flying, aeronautical phenomenon called a butterfly. That is the wonder of God's transforming power in you. It's not something you do. It is purely the work of God in you. This is a passage Pastor Mark read just a moment ago. Let me read this again. Look at this. We are being transformed, right, into Christ's likeness with ever increasing glory. And here, who does it? Which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So that verse right there explains not only God's goal for each and every one of you, but it's his work. His work. You And what I'd like to do in the time that we got left is just share with you this whole metamorphosis, this spiritual metamorphosis that takes place, that God desires to work in you and in your life, this wonder of his transforming power in you, okay? So first, when it comes to understanding the wonder, the absolute wonder of God's transforming power, the first thing you need to understand is the order, Need to understand the order. Why? Because my guess is that some of you sitting here, some of you watching me online right now, some of you are thinking, you know what? I am just like Unholy Harry. Yeah, I call myself a Christian. Uh, yeah, I call this church my home, but nobody else really knows this. But yeah, I've been fooling people. I, I'm, I, I, to be honest, I, I don't think I have what it takes to, become, to grow and mature like the gym in that story. I, I just, I don't, I, I've tried and maybe other people can be there and some people are there, but that, that's just not me. I, I don't have what it takes. And if that's how you're even thinking, let me just clear the air for you, okay? Let me just clear the air and share with you this critical truth. And it's this, you don't have to transform yourself before God will accept you. You don't. I know a lot of people think that they do. That first, they got to change their ways. They got to clean up their act. They got to straighten out their life before God will accept them. And so they try, and then they fail. And then they try again, and then they fail again. And they keep trying, and eventually they just stop trying. Why? Because they got the order backwards. And here's what the Bible suggests. The Bible basically says to you, come as you are right? Don't bother change. Just come as you are in your sin, in your shame, in your weakness, in your brokenness. Come with your mistakes and your failures and all that garbage. Come as you are. This Ephesians 1 verse 7 explains why. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So you come as you are. You say, God, here I am filled with all kinds of sin and shame, and I can't do anything about it. But here I am, nothing more than a lowly branch crawling caterpillar. And then you trust, not only you trust in God's grace and forgiveness through faith in Christ, but then you also trust that the Holy Spirit will begin to transform your life for you. That he'll begin this spiritual metamorphosis process, okay? But you got to keep the order straight, You come as you are. You don't try to fix yourself first. You come as you are. Does that make sense? Okay, this is so important. Okay, second thing, when it comes to the wonder of God's transforming power, second thing you need to understand is the process itself. Right. The whole process up to this point, you have kind of a handle on how God in filled with love in for you in Jesus, how he receives you as you are, right? And gives you his gifts of forgiveness, eternal life, and this relationship with him that's so amazing. It's filled with his wisdom and guidance and, and, uh, you know, blessing. So as a child of God, part of his family through faith in Christ, for many of you that happened when you were baptized, great, but then here's the process. The the Holy Spirit begins this process of transforming you, where you are right now, into the person that he wants you to be, that he knows that you can be, a person you can't become on your own. So what does that process look like? Well, one part of this transformational process involves the Holy Spirit working directly in your life. He just works directly in you. He's the one that's in your, you know, in your, your uh your mind and in your heart saying, do this, don't do that. Right? It's his job 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to help change you, to transform you, to do this spiritual metamorphosis in you so that you become the person that God wants you to be, that he knows that you can be. And how does that happen? He, The Holy Spirit lives in you. He dwells within you. He takes up residency inside of your heart and in your mind. In 1 Corinthians six nineteen, it says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, right? Whom you have received from God. That is an amazing blessing. What's really cool is that as the Holy Spirit is working in you and as he's, you know, present in you, you feel it. You sense it. You start to see it. And other people see it as well. I mean, it's things like you wanting, actually wanting to spend more time in God's word. You want to do that. Or you want to volunteer and serve wherever the need might, whenever that need might arise. You just, you want to do that more and more. You want to be more generous with your money to help support even more ministries in Christ's church. You want to do that freely, willingly, joyfully. You just, you want to do that. You want to watch, you want to think twice before what you say when you're angry, those kinds of things, right? You'll sense this, you'll feel this, you'll see it. Other people will notice it too. That's the Holy Spirit working directly in your life in this process called transformation. Second thing that the Holy Spirit also does though is important as well. And it's this, the Holy Spirit also, he also works through God's word. He does, He, he takes the word of God and he will use it to stimulate new thoughts for you, new attitudes maybe new directions in your life. And the word of God comes in a variety of ways. It can come through a message. It can come through a conversation you have with another Christian friend. Uh, It can come just by reading a passage from God's word. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit takes that wisdom and that knowledge and he uses it to impact you, to transform you and the way that you think and act and live. And God's word is powerful like that. It can do that. Look at this, 2 Timothy 3 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Holy Spirit loves to use God's word like that. Right? And so if you're reading a passage and all of a sudden something kind of clicks for you, you know, something rings true, that's very well possibly the, the Holy Spirit tugging on you saying, hey, see that verse? Let's use that to rearrange some of your misplaced priorities. Or how about this verse? Let's use that to grow your character. Or how about this verse here? Well, that's a good one to help you work on your vocabulary. Or how about this verse? You can use this to help you, you know, change how you're treating your body or how you're handling your money and on and on. So when it comes to this transformational process, the Holy Spirit works directly, yes, but he also uses God's word. Now, word of caution, just word of caution for you. You need to understand that while it is true that the Holy Spirit is doing for you what you cannot do for yourself, it doesn't mean that you can just sit back and relax on your lazy boy recliner and say, okay, God, transform me, here we go. That's not how it works. Sorry, that would be fun. That's not how it works. Galatians 5 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us, what's the next three words? Keep in step with the Spirit. Oh my goodness, that's right. So yes, I mean, that that is another part of this transformational process. This third part is that God desires that you walk in the same direction as the Holy Spirit. And again, what's amazing is that the Holy Spirit helps you do that too. As he prompts you and encourages you and, and leads you and transforms you, and as he's pulling and tugging on your heart, guess what he's doing? He's also giving you the strength and the desire to go in the direction, the same direction that he wants you to go. How cool is that? That is the wonder of God's transforming power. In Romans 12, it says this, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and again it's it's God who's doing it he, he's doing it he's the one who's at work in you he's the one who is who is uh, who knows what's best for you in your life he's the one who's transforming you into the person that he knows that you can be and that he wants you to be but there's a third part of this whole transformational power thing about God that you need to understand as well. And you need to understand the extent. And by that, I mean the extent of this transformation. Where is God going when he transforms each and every single one of you in this place, all people that call themselves followers of Jesus? How far does he want us to go? Let me put it as simply as I can. The ultimate goal to which God is guiding you is absolute perfection. What? Yes. He wants you to be just like Jesus. Now, I know, I realize, I understand that on this side of heaven, you will not ever be absolutely perfect. But that doesn't change the fact that that's the direction that God is taking you. Remember that passage that Pastor Mark read, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. We are being transformed into Christ's likeness, being more and more like Christ with ever increasing glory. That's the goal. And what's amazing is that there is nothing in the universe that is going to stop the Holy Spirit from wanting to take you that direction. There is nothing that is going to stand in his way except you. Yeah, you. You can be your own worst enemy. You can. You want to know how? By being content with where you're at right now. By saying, I don't want to change anymore. I'm okay being an unholy Harry or whatever. I'm okay with, I don't want to stretch myself. I don't want to grow. I don't want to mature. I'm okay with where I'm at. If I have to do those other things, i am got to take time and energy. And I just, I'm okay. I'll be fine. See that? That's real. We are our own worst enemy. Now, thankfully, the Holy Spirit has different plans for us. Praise the Lord. Thankfully, God wants to transform ordinary you into someone extraordinary. He wants to change you, transform you into someone who is extraordinary in love, extraordinary in purity, extraordinary in the area of honesty, extraordinary in admitting your mistakes when you're wrong, extraordinary in showing concern for the poor, and in as well as matters of discrimination extraordinary in how you treat people whether it's just your family or your friends or even complete strangers extraordinary in how you serve Christ church here extraordinary Ephesians 4:24 says put on the new self created to be like God like God in true righteousness and holiness that's the goal that's the goal and i realize again i know i get it you're sitting there thinking, Pastor John, you don't understand. I, I, I've tried and I just don't have what it takes. I can't go there. Other people can, but not me. And if that's you, let me just remind you again of the order, right? And, and the fact that you, you're right. You can't, but God can. So you come as you are. You receive his forgiveness and his grace through faith in Christ. And then you trust in the wonder, the absolute wonder of God's transforming power in you. The wonder of the Holy Spirit who can work in you and will work in you and do for you what you cannot do for yourself. How does this happen? You ask Bible says, ask and it will be given to you, right? So ask, Father, I need you to do what Pastor John was talking about because I can't do this on my own. And that's right. So Holy Spirit, fill me, mold me, shape me, build me, strengthen me, use me. And understand that when you pray that prayer, the answer is always yes. It's always a yes answer. And God will bless you with the wonder of his transforming power. So let me challenge you in a couple of ways this week. First, let me challenge you to learn the difference between other religions and Christianity. This is so important It's easy to get those two muddied up and it's they're yet yeah, they're very different. The world and all the other religion every other religion in the world says it's up to you. you have to do something to change you. The Christianity says no, it's what God has already done for you. So please make sure you are clear on that. Second. Set aside time each day to read God's word, right? The Holy Spirit works directly in your life, but remember the second way is through the word of God. And yes, God's word can come to you through a sermon, through a song, through a conversation you have with somebody else that is a Christian, but he also comes to you through that time when you open up the Bible and you just take a couple of minutes to read it. Set aside time every day so that God can speak to you and help transform your life through that word. Third, celebrate the the work of God's transforming power in you. Celebrate the fact that even though you can't change yourself, God can, and God is. He can do for you what you can't do for yourself. Celebrate the fact that God is is invested in in transforming you into the person that He knows that you can be and that He wants you to be. Somebody who may look ordinary, but somebody through His power can do extraordinary things in His kingdom and in the lives of the people around him. And again, it's all because of the wonder of his transforming power. How cool. All right, let's pray. Let's pray about this. Father, you are an incredible God. We just stand in awe of you. You accept us as we are. You give us the ability to receive your gifts of grace, and then you enable us to trust you. Lord, infuse within us. The power of your Holy Spirit and allow us to be transformed by your word. We cannot do it on our own. So help us to see that. Help us to see that only you can take us and change us and shape us and mold us into what you want us to be, what we want to be. Extraordinary people for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for the wonder of your transforming power. May each person here in this place experience and enjoy that wonderful blessing. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.